Hey everybody, welcome to PPR podcast number 82. My name is Rudy. To my right is the star of the episode, Mr. Burt Grossman. Burt, would you like to introduce our special guest? Uh, Nick Canepa, uh, legendary columnist. God, how long you been here, Nick? Since 84? No, since, uh, I've been a columnist since 84 on the papers since 71. Jeez. What was your, was your favorite moment ever when I got drafted? Was that, you consider that top of your career? Well, the, the best part about you getting drafted is the amount of research I had to do to find out who the hell you were. <laughs> Before the internet, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, hey, you know, let's start there, because draft day has evolved so much that, I mean, now, Bird, if you were the eighth pick taken overall, you would, you would come out of the tunnel, you would be hugging the the commissioner and you'd be you'd be set for life financially all those things i'm not um i mean nick it, it's changed it seems so much more innocent back in the day did it not oh it was so much it was so much fun i mean especially when they had the whole draft in one day i mean by the time it ended we would be like wiped out i mean uh, the year they had mr irrelevant i think it ended at like midnight and we'd been there since like Four in the morning. It was it was great. It was a lot of fun. And it's changed so much. I think. I mean, just to tell you. I mean, you you know the Chargers um, the way they are more than anybody. But never called me when I got drafted. They uh, didn't. No, no. I saw it on TV like everybody else did. Then they didn't call me after that I got drafted. I got called by maybe you or TJ Simers or Clark Judge or one of those guys before I even got called by the Chargers. And then really? they called me maybe an hour later. So didn't, didn't Sid Brooks used to do that? He used to be back in New York with the phone. I know somebody used to do it. Yeah, I don't know who it was that year, but they almost missed the pick, and they 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 were just the Chargers. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything different than now. Well, you bring it up. Was was Ortmeier the GM when you got drafted? He was, yes. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a little more loosey goosey, but it, it does bold uh, kind of lead us into one of the topics I wanted to touch on. Did. Nick, now that the Bolts have fled the city, do you still watch them? And did you watch that playoff game in Jacksonville? He still grades yeah. them. I still grade them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watch the Chargers. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't. I am, you know, so they, I mean, they moved and there's nothing we could do about it. That wasn't the player's fault. I mean, I, I don't go to, I don't go to games to watch owners play. I, I don't. And and everybody who puts all this stuff on Spanos is so wrong that I mean they they just they just can't see it they just can't get it it's they had they could not continue to play football in that place you, I'm, I'm, they just couldn't Nick uh-huh. you and I are of the same opinion I thought and Bert and I've had uh, we've gotten in arguments over this yeah. I think it was I, and maybe it's because I'm, I grew up a Vikings fan and I don't have that. You know, I don't have that special connection that you guys have. But to me, it made perfect sense to flee that stadium and the, and the, pol- the political environment here in San Diego. You, you can blame the Spandles all you want, but it was a smart business move. And boy, when you say that, and I'll, I'll catch hell for saying it on this podcast, but I think you agree with me, don't you? Well, I, I wrote in the early 2000s that they couldn't continue to play in that place. I mean... People, people saw that thing from the blimp, and when it was full, and it looked great, and that, that thing was dying inside. It was it was rotting away. I'm when Bill Wilson was was uh, stadium manager, 
I I was we were chatting during uh, during I think halftime on one of the Charger games, and and the entire right hand corner of the uh, of the stadium was filled with Marine recruits, and they all got them. They all got up at once to leave. And, and, and Bill looked at me and says, oh, brother. He says, if those guys all go to the bathroom at the same time, we're, we're going to have to cancel this game. <laughs> it was rotting. And I am certain that it was condemned because nobody's yet to explain to me why the Aztecs, who owned the stadium, you know, it, they own the stadium, why did they play their games in, in Carson? Why, why wouldn't they just play there? They own the stadium. They wouldn't even have to pay any rent on it. They didn't. And I think it was because the place was condemned. I don't even think the monster trucks would go back to that place. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, well, I, mean, well I got a question about okay. that. So, I mean, I, I agree with you to a point. I mean, if you have an owner who doesn't have enough money to build a stadium, which most of them don't, and you get absolutely no help from the city, what else do you do? But, I mean, we seem to have the same thing. I mean, the sports arena should be condemned. It's not, but, I mean... We're, we're a major city, and, and you go from the stadium, and you learned your lesson there. But what about the sports arena? I mean, we have renderings. Don't get me wrong, but we don't have an arena. The city owns it, so so take it from there. I mean, they, they absolutely can do nothing right, nothing. In 2005, in 2005, I'm pretty sure that was the year, the Chargers wanted 60 acres of land and were building a new stadium on their own. Everything, including cost overruns, infrastructure, everything. And the city ran scared and, 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 and gave it up. They weren't going to pay a dime. As a matter of fact, and they were never paying a dime for anything because the new, the stadiums that were proposed were going to be paid by tourists like they are in, in so many other cities in this country. It's right. done It's done in Vegas. In Arizona, They have the, you get tax on the rental cars. Right. I mean, if you go, if you stay in a hotel in Houston, they have a stadium tax on your bill when you check out. I mean, it's. We don't hey, like the tax in California, so let's not go there. Yeah, you know. We don't tax anything in California. We, we don't like the, the unnecessary thing, tax. The bad thing, the worst thing about the move, other than the team moving, of course, was the way they handled it. And they handled it incredibly poorly because, you know, Dean Spanos, a.k.a. Fredo, uh, just just handled it awfully. He couldn't he couldn't do it. So they just went after 50 years. And you know, yeah, I I think it left a big hole in this community. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to say something really unpopular. I, I've had several one on ones with Dean Spanos, and I, I enjoyed talking to him. I like I, I like the guy. Uh, I'm sorry. I know it's you know. Just go ahead. You can't write any hate mail. I've never read before. So, but I, I you know, he's just become the uh, the bullseye for everybody's hate and uh, angst over the, the removal of the team. And I, I, I found him to be. You had a conversation with him. Yeah, we we did a couple one on ones before he left, and Was it I, I believe KUSI is the last. A San Diego media outlet that he did a uh, had appear on their network. Uh, as far as I think, Brandon Stone scored the last interview with Dean Spanos as an outgoing member of the. I so, think me and Nick differ on that opinion. I'm just well, going to yeah, guess. Uh, no, no. I, I, personally, I always got along with Dean. I never really had. Lord knows there was cause, but I never really got in an argument with Dean. 
um, we had dozens of conversations. Sure. And, you know, he never, he obviously, he used to call me negative Nick all the time, but he never, never went. Uh, now, Alex, his father was a different story. We had, we had some knockdown drag outs, but Alex was much more passionate than, uh, than, than Dean was. So, um, and no, I, I, absolutely, I never had a problem with them. I liked Alex, too. I mean, Alex, you you knew what you were getting. Alex wasn't going to hide anything. I mean, it was what, what you saw or what you heard is what, what he was or what you're going to get. I, I never found that with Dean. All, all right. Well, just, just from, go on, Dick. Go on. Dean, Dean, Dean uh, uh, didn't have Alex's rough edges, and he, he, didn't, have, he didn't have his spine. Uh, I, I said it, and I said it before. I, if Alex was still on that club, and, of course, in his – Later years, he had dementia, and I absolutely probably didn't know what was going on. I don't, I don't think this club would have moved if he was still in charge of it. And, and just to give you how times have changed, and Nick, you probably might have heard this too. I held out from training camp, came to a preseason game. They took me up to meet Alex. He's with Bob Hope. Walk yeah. in, he just looks back and says to Bob Hope, that's the Jew that held me out for all the money. <laughs> and, then, and then they took me out of there. That was my introduction to the owner. <laughs> that was it. You imagine well, that today? Oh, no, that would that would result in a year suspension. Oh, so, but just flat out, right to Bob Hope. <laughs> they didn't even call me over for a drink, shake hands, nothing. Then he took me back out of there. I'm like, man, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was something. That guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. All right, well, be, but I, like I, I don't want to spend too much. Just one qu- quick question. Was that, that the worst ever? The as far as the highs and uh, the sports highs that you've experienced here in San Diego, Nick, and you've experienced many in a variety of sports. How does this 2022 Padres run compare to that coming back from Pittsburgh after winning that game or when the when the city just all every, seemed to congregate at Qualcomm? Which of those moments in your mind was the more the highest of the highs? Well, I think I think the Chargers going to the Super Bowl was, but the Charge this was a Chargers town, man. This was it. I mean, they they ran this town and and um I, I I I was unfortunately not here when for the Garvey home run. I was I was in Green Bay with uh, with the Chargers. Uh, I watched it from I watched it from Rick Smith's uh, room, and then we went down to the bar. I, I, I mean, I wasn't here for it. So, and I, but I heard it. The uh, atmosphere was. Unbelievable when it happened. So, oh, so am, I, am I mistaken to consider that what just happened in the in 2022 with the Padres to be the highest of highs? It was 84 and 98? Were those highs even more dramatic? Uh, I thought that I'm really, you know, I, I that what he called it became the the Padres were kind of accepted back in in the 90, 84 as the best team then. I I uh, I thought the 98 team was. Uh, I thought that was, I, I thought that was a, I thought that was a great run. Plus, you know, they were playing the Yankees. But the unfortunate thing for the Padres is, the two times they went to the World Series, they played maybe the two best baseball teams in the last sixty years. Yeah, generational teams. That the Yankees team, yeah. man, they had they had a, like a three hundred hitter batting ninth. I mean, with that third baseman, I can't remember his name, but boy, they were they were just there was there wasn't an easy out in that lineup. Yeah, no, there wasn't, and they and they were smart, and they and they didn't do bad things, and uh, and you know, the Padres should have won that first game back there. I mean, uh, you know, the pitch, 
dead over the middle of the plate that they called a ball. And but well, uh, you know, you was, answer that. It was a great time. Well, let me ask you this, Nick, because you you know better than anybody, and this will tell you who runs the town. Who's more iconic, Junior Seau or Tony Gwynn in this town? Oh, well, that you know, that's, Junior was pretty popular. I know, you know, Tony Gwynn was Tony Gwynn, and Tony Gwynn also went to college here, so that was. You know, I met Tony Gwynn the first day he stepped on campus. I was covering San Diego State. He was there on a basketball scholarship. You know, um, you know. I, I think if you go back through history, I think certainly the. I mean, the Padres have had a few superstars in their in their history. You know, the Chargers have several people in the Hall of Fame. And, right. You know, guys like Lance Allworth. I mean, guys like Lance Allworth were were icons i mean it's it's, uh so if junior and 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 tony are one half of the mount rushmore who are the other two names that uh if san diego sports mount rushmore is it bill walton you're talking about entire uh, entire spectrum of sports yeah like the the who are the four biggest sports figures in san diego history gwyn and junior are locks is is bill walton considered a san diego he Played his high school ball here. It's basketball no, hall of no, famer. No. You got to be on the pros here, some at the level of the pros. Okay. I'd say Dan Fouts. No, no. You gotta be, are you talking about people who actually, not you know, like Marcus Allen, played high school football here? No, professionally, professionally he here. Was, and he was a better football player than Junior. You think? Better, better in high school, better in college, better in the pros. Really. So, Oh, I'm not this Well, tell your Marcus Allen story because I, I always repeat it, but about, about him as a freshman that he made a kid quit uh, after he tackled him. Okay, it was his. Actually, I mean, I've known Marcus since his sophomore year at Lincoln, and he, if he played at all, it wasn't much as a sophomore. As a junior, the team opened at Madison, <laughs> and and I mean against Madison in Mesa College and. Terry Monahan, who covers preps around here forever, was working in for the Claremont paper then, and we were both there for his debut. And this is absolutely true. I'm not making any of it up. He he made so many. He didn't play one down offense as a as a junior. Um, he made. We stopped counting tackles at 30. He was playing like a rover, <laughs> and. It, this this one kid from Madison came off the field crying and just quit playing football. He's he was done. We were standing there when he came off the field. He was and you know Marcus. I saw the the, the summer league basketball here used to be a big thing. High school teams would play you know during the summer and have a regular league. Lincoln made the finals. Uh, Marcus's beginning of Marcus's senior year, and. And he dropped 49 in the game. Jeez. He rarely played. And, you know, Junior was a great basketball. He was player of the year. Right. CIF. Yeah. And, uh, but Marcus Hardy played basketball a senior year. He was taking, he was taking trips everywhere. Um, One thing he told me that, think about this happening, say, not not today, because college players, nothing stops college players from doing anything anymore. Think about maybe 15, 20 years ago. Uh, Marcus was recruited by Oklahoma 
So he goes back to Oklahoma on the visit. And at halftime of the Oklahoma basketball game, Barry Switzer introduced him as Oklahoma's next wishbone quarterback. I can only imagine Marcus playing wishbone quarterback at Oklahoma. Oh, oh goodness gracious. <laughs> well, I don't think that I don't think that was legal to you. Yeah, I know. I don't think you, you I don't can, even know if you can do it now. Yeah, what how much money you got on that trip too? How much cash you got too? <laughs> I I remember and, and you know, people forget he almost made me quit one time. I, I had held out through camp, didn't go to anything, got called a Jew in front of Bob Hope, and then the next week ah. we we're opening with the Raiders and it was in it was in LA then. So I had no I had no camp, not even a rep. It's like hundred degrees. I didn't know what smog was. And then you have Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson in the same backfield. I was literally going to give my signing bonus back at halftime and quit that game. <laughs> literally. Oh, oh. Well, you, you know, you bring. We were we were talking about uh, Mount Rushmore of, of uh, San Diego sports. This Friday is going to be the 75th Salute to Champions dinner, uh, the Breitbart deal. Could, what are your? Uh, oh, yeah, Phil Mickelson should probably be on there too. Phil Mickelson. There's your. There's a third guy. I mean, local professional. Third, he's a lock. Yeah, I. You know, I. I you got to talk about if you're just. I mean, Ted Williams didn't play here. Ted Williams is all-time Mount Rushmore. Ted Williams is on it. Right. Bill Walton's the best. I, I. I could watch football, basketball forever. Bill Walton absolutely is the greatest high school player who ever lived, period. And doesn't he count because he played for the Clippers? Do you ever see Will Chamberlain play in Philly? Uh, I, 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 the, the great story is. Lou and, Alcindor, and, come on now. And, uh, and Steve Bischoff used to, was good friends with John Wooden. He came here from L.A. He covered those great teams in the 60s and early 70s. And he told me the story. Denny Crum Denny Crum was assistant to Wooden. And Helix Helix went up to play in the Covina tournament in Los Angeles, which was at the time was the biggest tournament in the state, high school tournament in the state. Um, he played five games in it. So, and in the final, they played Pasadena, which, uh, which won the SCIF up there that year. And I don't know the final score, but it, they beat him by like 40. <laughs> and Walton, Walton, Gordon Nash, the coach, hardly played well. Walton averaged 30 points a game and lucky if he played a half. And he's, in that game, he scored 50 points and had 35 rebounds. And Danny Crum went back to UCLA, walked into Wooden's office, and John's sitting there. At his desk, you know, he's sitting there at his desk, and uh, and Crum tells him, "Coach, I've just seen the greatest high school player ever." And and Wooden looked up over his glasses, and said, "Who is that? Better than Lewis?" And and Denny Crum said, "Yes," and and Wooden said, "Keep your voice down and close the door." That was I'm. He was so good that it was us. When he was in college, he was in high school. He was. He was so brilliant that right. it's. I think now, it, if there I, was dispensaries back then, would he still be good? 
If they if still, they, if they had dispensaries back then, like today, <laughs> would he still been that good? <laughs> Pot dispensaries. Well, believe me, he found a way back then. <laughs> All right, he I, dispensaries. <laughs> I think then the consensus is it's Junior, Tony, Phil, and Walton. But if you're putting Walton on there, you got to put Ted Williams on there. What, Walton played a didn't he play a season for the, Clippers? the Clippers? All right, that I, counts as a professional. Uh, All right. I don't know if he ever got a season out of him. But but he was he did play professionally in San Diego. Well, he was on the team. Okay, well that to yeah, me counts. I mean he was on the team. Well, so Ted Williams was on the Padres. So. But in the minors. You're right. Exactly. Uh, you know it's it's really hard. Uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, like I say, I, Marcus was a better high school player than Junior. And that's not demeaning Junior in any sense of the word. I I, I saw Junior in the uh, All-Star game between San Diego and Los Angeles teams. He was the best player on the field by a light year. He was a, he was a great player. Matter of fact, is Junior the greatest undisciplined football player who ever lived? Uh, he's the most undisciplined player I ever played with, and the greatest undisciplined. But well, I are, you, are you referring to him on the field, as far as on the, oh yeah, on the, field. on the field. But he, I mean, he was so gifted athletically, he would make right. up. You know, the other people, you can't take two or three false steps and still make a play yeah. against Bo Jackson. But you could see him do that to say how great athlete he was. Right. I. Uh, he was. He. He was amazing. I mean, he. He. Uh, he junior really, really, when you think about it, never really learned how to play correctly because he didn't have to. Yeah, which is interesting because when he first came in, he was such a great pass rusher at USC athletically, right. but he couldn't do it in the NFL because he had right. no technical ability, but he he didn't even have to watch game film or do anything. It was just he would run, and he was so big and strong and fast and quick and reactive that it, it didn't matter at yeah. the highest level. I, I think Junior means, and, and I'm a big fan of Marcus Allen, and, I, I, while I didn't get to see him play in the preps, I saw him play in Kansas City for at the end of his career, and he was still the baddest hombre on the field. The I think Junior means more to the city of San Diego than because Marcus moved away. Oh, I agree with that. So, I, so I, to me, they're both Hall of Famers, obviously. So, I, but I, I think you give the nod, and assuming you can't give it to more than one football player, I think Junior is your football representative. I think Tony, with all respect to Ted Williams, is your baseball representative. Phil Mickelson's an easy pick because he's got six majors, and even though he may be uh, tainting it a little bit with his flirtations with the Saudi Arabians, I still think you have to count what he's done in the sport of golf is exceptional. Billy Casper is close. Well, Billy Casper won, won two majors? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not saying uh, Billy Casper was a great player. I mean, not just good. He was a great player. Uh, Who was the Walrus? Guy. Who was that? Craig, Wal Craig Stadler. He was here, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's not yeah. in their league. He, I, I would rank it Phil Casper Stadler. And Gene Littler. Um. Yeah, now, now you, you, you saw more of Gene Littler. I think I owned a set of Gene Littler clubs back when I was a little kid. That's, wow. that's as much as I, I knew him. Well, Stadler won one major, I think. I right. think he just won Masters, I think. I, I, Billy won the Masters? Did he win a U.S. Open? Uh, I, let me check. You don't have to. All right, I got one okay, question okay. for you, Nick, why he checks. Okay. Chargers uh, meltdown on, on Saturday. Classic. Where, where does that rank is, is their biggest Charger move since you've been covering them? 
And if it's not first, what is what is more than that? It's not first. It'll never be first. They'll never have another first. The 1979 loss to the Houston Oilers here will, a playoff loss will always be number one for many, for, for more than one reason. Number one, they were the best team in, in the NFL. They, they, they beat Pittsburgh here like 35 to seven. They beat the Rams like 42 to 16. Those two teams were in the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They were the best team. And Houston came in without Earl Campbell, Dan Pastorini, and their best receiver, Kenny Burrow. Fouts threw five picks hmm. here in town, and and they got beat, I think it was 17 to 13. They'll never, t- they'll never top that. Yeah. The next year, they lost to Oakland. That was another. They were better than Oakland. They lost to Oakland in the AFC Championship here. Oh, hold well, continue, but are we glossing over the giving the? How about when they had New England on the ropes here and they? Oh, they were the best team! In, yeah, they were the best team in football that year too. Isn't that the greatest meltdown? Kind of going chrono, chrono, chronological. Okay, okay. sorry. No, that's, no, we no, only got you. We don't yeah, have yeah, eighteen yeah. hours right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. So no, you got to take all the circumstances into play. I mean, the 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 loss the loss to New England was horrible, but. The 79 team was the best team in football. They absolutely were. And the team that came in to play them, I mean, when the Chargers lost to New England, Tom Brady played. You know, I mean, their starting quarterback didn't play. Their Hall of Fame running back, who's, in my opinion, one of the five best running backs in history, didn't play. Their best receiver didn't play. No, I... And this one was was awful, but I tell you what, I was not surprised one bit that they lost that game. Well, what like uh, Dan Pastorini was Warren Moon or anything? No, but he was he was good, you know, better than the backup. Uh, I just got a call from the brain room. Billy Casper won two U.S. Opens, won fifty-one PGA tournament events, and ten others around the world. So uh, his numbers uh, compare. Well, he doesn't have as many majors as Phil. He certainly has won as much as Phil. No, and maybe the greatest putter who ever lived. He was, he was, and a really nice man, really good man. Well, I, I bring it up because you're part of the Breitbart uh, Brain Trust. Uh, Friday night, I get to MC the event at the uh, for the 75th annual one. Never done it before. That's usually Laz's job, but Laz has uh, gone into retirement, and. Uh, Did you, you invite t- me or what? The, well, what? I, 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 could you speak to that event, what it means to San Diego? Could you speak to uh, the arguments? Because I've seen you guys go at it where, you know, I, I'm just like a little quiet kid in the corner. I'm afraid to get in because, you know, what you newspaper heavyweights start throwing around your your uh, memory. And it, it's, it, it gets pretty heated in there as you try to figure out who should be considered a San Diego Hall of Famer, does it not? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, I don't even know who's going in this year. Who's going in? I'm I know on- Gates is. Who? Uh, Antonio Gates. Yes. And I know uh, there's a volleyball player and. You're emceeing the event. And this well, is I got a script for Pete's sake. I, I I don't know it off the top of my head. Don't put me on the spot. A volley- Let's I know it up for a volleyball player. Here, here, here. Antonio Gates is the headliner. Yeah. Well, he's a great player. Yeah. 
And could you speak to the how? Well, how about speak to Bob Breitbart what he meant to this town? No, oh, Bob was Bob was a uh, was a personality, and and you know he he devoted he basically devoted his life to that thing. I mean, uh, uh, and it, the amazing thing was it never. You know, I'd go in there. I'd go in there every once in a while, and in, uh, in the Hall of Champions at Balboa Park, and a lot of times I seemed like I was the only one in there. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it was. It, it was. It was. It was really well thought out. It was well run. It was a. It was a great sports museum, and and when you made that list, you were you were good. You know, I. Uh, but we did have some battles. Oh, I witnessed them. I remember Steve Brand at the chalkboard. Man, you guys would start. I still think Chuck Cecil should be on it. You know, I, I don't know. Did, did, I'm thinking, did Terry Mann ever make it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I know Tom. I know Tommy Nettles didn't, and he's one of the handful of greatest athletes we've ever had. There's something there politically that keeps him from getting in. Wait, Chuck Cecil's not in? No, Chuck. Terry Mann was the first great woman basketball player I've ever seen. I think she might. I'll have to check that out. I don't know. She was, she was the first time I saw her play and <laughs> for Point Loma High. She, she went up, ripped down a one-handed rebound, and led the fast break. And I'd never, ever seen. And she was a freshman. I had never seen that before. She was, uh, uh, really, uh, she was the Bill Walton of women basketball here. There's, she was magnificent. Well, uh, we've, you're, way over you're already the longest uh, podcast we've ever done. So I, uh, and you know what? I have about a dozen more questions, Nick. I, I, I really appreciate you making time for us. Your, your name carries a great deal of weight. And I just want to say this, because I want to say it publicly. I know you've been fortunate enough to be in, to get a mention in your Thanksgiving Day column is still the biggest damn treat that even at age 62, it means more to me than any plaque or Emmy award or any other thing that's up in my, any other trinket in my office, because it means it's a nod, a tip of the cap from you, Nick, and I just want you to know it means a great, great deal. And thank you for everything you've done for uh, your kindnesses to the PPR and your kindnesses to San Diego Sports. You are a legend, sir, and well, it is great to, to rub shoulders with you. Thank you. I love the preps, and that show I consider to be a miracle. <laughs> I, I, uh, the difference now between when I covered preps in the mid-'70s is astonishing. I mean, kids couldn't even talk then. You guys are interviewing kids after these games that that sound like they're out of college. <laughs> I mean, the advancement in in uh, in coaching and every and and just the the kids themselves around here. We were lucky if we got five kids. We were lucky if we got five kids go Division One back in the mid seventies. Uh, really? You know, I, I that's the thing. Now we have twenty kids. Going D, and yeah, twenty yeah. and maybe twenty Lincoln more going D two. Lincoln has twenty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying. Anyway, we 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 closed up the town in Madison. If we ever had a kid that made it to Madison, Wisconsin, Ma now Madison High. Yeah, no, I'm talking about it, Madison, Wisconsin. If we if we had a kid that made it to D one, we had a parade. 
You know, I think we had one kid my my entire high school career that made it to uh, like North Dakota State or something like that. It wasn't you. It wasn't me. So how many offers you have? But <laughs> I didn't have any yeah. offers. But if I had offers, I would have played. Uh, Nick, the uh, on both sides of the microphone. If I could just brag a little bit on the people that are working on the show. The level of talent of people that can make the deadline, because you know what deadline pressure is all about. I get to work with a ton of cool kids, and the fact that they all share the same passion and vision, I think it's been a service to the city of San Diego. Well, it's a credit to you. They should have a day in your honor. Maybe <laughs> maybe one in Burt's in the future. Yeah, no, I, I'm not getting one. I, I think Burford. All right, Nick, we've kept you way past. I, I promise I keep it under 25, and it's now at 32. Uh, I'll post this later. We put some clips up on Thursday on Good Morning San Diego, and then Brandon will run a few. Thank you, sir. I promise I will not hit you up for another favor for at least six weeks. You can do it whenever you want. Nick Cannon, buddy, everybody. Turn Thank off you, the TVs. We're done.